Hello, this is Pastor Paul, and I'm an associate pastor at Living Word Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to say thank you for joining us today, because I know the word from Pastor Doug will minister to your spirit, and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the word. Enjoy today's message. Tonight, I, I am going to be ministering by faith tonight. I, uh, what do I mean by that? I mean, it's been a day. It's been a day. And y'all know, I know there's a whole lot going on in, uh, in our nation. If you were paying attention to the news, I'm not a big news follower. I don't like to watch the news because I get into it. And I just am better off if I focus on other things. But today was, uh, um, I would say, a grievous day uh, on some things that have happened. And there's all kinds of speculation about it. I don't want to get into it. We don't need to get into it. But, uh, but I know that our people are tired. I know that our people are weary of some things. And today was almost like just that last little straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. So I am ministering by faith tonight. I, uh, like I said, I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare, but uh, it's going to be good. I want to I wanna tie in some things as to what's going on today and, and some areas that we can, uh, can walk in for this year. You know, Pastor Doug was saying, I believe by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, how 2021 is the year where we need to speak things into existence, right? The scripture says, and I believe in Proverbs, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And I firmly believe that. I firmly believe that we really will have what we say. That's why sometimes we just got to be bold and say, you know what? I will be confident. I will be happy. I will be joyous. No matter what happens in this nation, I will still believe the Word of God. The Word of God still works for me, right? I still will be prosper pros uh, prosperous. I still will be healthy, right? Doesn't matter what happens with our government. Doesn't matter what happens with our job. Doesn't matter what happens with whatever. We still believe the word, amen? We still uh, believe that what we speak comes into existence. I want us to, there's a whole lot, my notes are kind of everywhere tonight, and that's okay. I wrote down in here, and I'm just listening on the inside, that's why I'm taking so many breaks. I wrote, I said, no matter what the politic of the nation is, God is still God. We can choose to line up with his will and plan, or we can choose not to. I also wrote that he leads us with a still small voice. I've said it from time to time that there's an old song by Keith Moore. I can't ever find it. I just can't. I don't think it was ever recorded. It's like one of those old oral history lessons where I heard it from a person who heard it from a person. He sang a song called Take the Time to Quiet Your Mind. And I'm just aware tonight of so much going on in our lives, so much happening that crowds our thoughts, that crowd what happens in our day-to-day, -day. scrolling through Facebook, my goodness, things that come against our minds that are just set before us. It's like we don't even have an option. And I want to encourage us tonight to take the time to quiet our mind because in that time of quietness, in that time of listening, is when God speaks. In that time of being intentional with the Holy Spirit, He will lead us and guide us. Amen? I firmly believe that there is nothing in this world that God can't help us overcome because He's already overcome it. Amen? 
said, I'm going to be talking about anointing. And I'm still studying this uh, topic of anointing, right? Anointing, if you, uh, I didn't do a whole lot of strong stuff, but, you know, just over the years of looking stuff up, you just remember things. Anointing is talking about something being rubbed off or rubbed on. You know, they used to uh, anoint uh, kings or priests to set them apart for the ministry, literally with oil, most likely olive oil. And what that was is it was a signification of a, of a setted partedness, if that makes sense, of them being set apart, a sanctification to a work. And when Jesus died on the cross, he became known as Jesus Christ. Now, he obviously came into this world as Jesus Christ, but it came into full fruition when he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And when he rose again, he became Christ, which is anointed. Now, understand something that anointing for us means very, a, a whole lot of things, but the main one I want to talk about is his power in us. His power to do uh, his will for our lives. See, the scripture says that, uh, and I'm still not going to get into my notes yet, the scripture says that and when we become saved, when we become uh, filled with his presence, that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Or we can uh, translate that as in his anointing. We can also look, I believe it's in Isaiah, where it says in Isaiah, the prophet says that it is his anointing that breaks the yoke. And many times what that, what that means when you look at yoke, a lot of times you can tra translate that a few different ways, but things that are upon us that we just can't seem to get free of, that we just can't seem to get away from, whether it's fear, whether it's addiction, whether it's whatever, a chemical dependency. And I'm here to tell you tonight that if you have Jesus, you have his anointing. And that is the anointing that breaks the yoke, that tries to keep us tied down. But the most important thing I want to show tonight is where we can most operate in his anointing. See, there is, we, we have his presence inside of us, but there are things that we can do that give us more ready access to it. Now, Being in our right place in the body of Christ opens the door for anointing in our life. Now I want to go to Acts chapter 6 tonight. If you all would push the button in your Bibles. <laughs> you can't really say turn in your Bibles as much anymore. Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 6. I'm a King James man, so I'll be reading. Starting in verse 1. To preface, we have the, uh, the disciples of Jesus. They're now the apostles, Right? Jesus had, had uh, gone to heaven, ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit was poured out on earth. And we can see that the, the, the apostles were growing his kingdom. They were expanding his kingdom. They were doing the work that you and I are doing and should be doing. And in Acts chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In those days, when the number of disciples was multiplied, not talking apostles, but people who followed Christ, disciples, you and I, when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews. Someone's always complaining about something. Because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Something that's important, especially to our, uh, our modern day church, is to take care of our widows and orphans. That's something that God asks, uh, commands us to do, and it's a part of the ministry that we like to maintain around here. So I'm not going to get into that. 
But it goes on and says, Then the twelve called the multitude, the twelve apostles called the multitude of disciples that were under them, and they said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now, it sounds kind of uppity, right? Sounds kind of hoity-toity. But I want to point to something. See, these twelve apostles knew what they were supposed to do, and they knew what they were not supposed to do. They knew what God had called them to do, what Jesus had told them to do. They recognized that there was a need in their administration, in their ministry. They recognized that there was a need in this new thing called the body of Christ. And that was to take care of the widows, to take care of the orphans. And they recognized that something needed to be done about it. Now we're going to keep going here. If you can think about it, the apostles, they grew up, so to speak, quote unquote, with Jesus Right? They were breaking bread, feeding 5,000. They were serving tables already, you know? But God has a strategic placement for each person in his kingdom. And we're going to keep reading here, and I'm going to show you that it doesn't matter where it is that God has called you to be. It's important that you're there. It's not important if you're, well, I want to be this or I want to be that. It's not the... the, the uh, um, how do I say this? God is not saying that he has strategic placement only for fivefold ministry gifts. God is not saying that he only has a specific plan for pastors, for teachers, for preachers, or apostles, for evangelists, for those five. What he's saying is that the 12 knew their rightful place. And in verse 3, he says, Wherefore, brethren, this is the uh, disciples, it said, Wherefore, brethren, look ye among you seven men of honest report, full of, Holy full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, that we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip and Prochorus, Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenius, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. Main one I want to focus on is Stephen. It's a mouthful. Stephen's easy to say. God knew what he was doing when he wrote the scriptures. He said, these old boys, they're not going to know how to pronounce these other names. Let's give them a good name, right? In verse 6, it says, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, the apostles laid their hands on them. Now, what they did when they laid hands, you'll see us from time to time lay hands on people. We, we believe that. We believe that's a doctrine of the New Testament church. We believe that didn't end when the last apostle died. We believe that we are to lay our hands for various things, for healing, right? Scripture commands us to, for an installation or to be set apart. Now, keep in mind, this was for waiting tables, right? Handling the daily, day-to-day -day stuff, people stuff right? Ministry has a, I mean, obviously, it's the business of people. It's very people-y. It's, this is like 3% of ministry for me. And it's fun. But understand that how important and crucial it was to the disciples. There was just this simple task of taking care of the widows and orphans. And the, the apostles knew that they couldn't step down from their ordained role that they were supposed to be in. But they knew that there was an open role, an open position, something that had to be filled. And it was so important that there was this screening process and everything. And they laid their hands on these men to set them apart 
to wait some silly tables. I am here to tell you tonight that it doesn't matter what rank on the totem pole you are, how high you are up, you can be scrubbing toilets every day. But if you are in God's ordained place for your life in this moment, you can expect to receive from his anointing. What am I saying? I'm saying that the key to our victory, the key to living a life of prosperity, the key to being always in the will of God, which is something that we can attain to, is to be present in his anointing, to experience his anointing, his power, because that is what breaks the yoke. Amen? Let's keep going here. We must never underestimate the gravity of a role or a position in the body of Christ. What am I doing tonight? I am, I am here. I recognize this is the Wednesday crowd. This is the faithful crowd, right? Most, if not all of you, are involved in some area of ministry here. But if you're not, my encouragement for you tonight is to get involved. Get in there. Get in there somewhere. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if all you're doing is greeting people at the door. Get involved in the body of Christ. Verse 7, the kicker of this whole thing. They had just found seven men. They had just laid their hands on them to handle waiting tables. And look what happened. And the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied. The word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied. Not were added to, not were kind of increased, were multiplied. All of that happened from seven men saying, I can do it. Now again, this isn't a message of condemnation because this is our faithful crowd here. You guys are all serving. My encouragement for you, though, is to recognize what had happened because when Stephen, what he said there, he said he was full of faith and power. And after this, Stephen did great wonders and miracles among the people. Recognize that Stephen might have done some wonders and miracles beforehand, but the scriptures don't say, Embry's crying. She's coming against my teaching here, so <laughs> she's all right. But recognize what had happened is that these disciples had got planted into where they needed to be in the moment, not necessarily, oh, well, one day I want to be a pastor or one day I want to be this. No, in the moment, they got planted to where they needed to be. And so much so that one man was able to access the anointing of God and do mighty miracles and wonders from waiting tables. I'm here to tell you tonight that there is nothing God can't do in our lives. There is no yoke he cannot break. There is no addiction he cannot take away. There is no amount of anxiety. There is no amount of depression. There is no amount of whatever that God has not already defeated and won the victory over. But so many times we get caught up trying to get to that point, trying to get past that point of, if I can just get free, if I can just get uh, uh, free of whatever's coming against me, if I can just break past the barrier. So many times we get caught up in the sin in our life or the issues in our life or whatever is holding us back, our ailments. 
And I'm here to tell you tonight that not everything will come from an altar. Not everything in our lives will come from someone laying hands on us. I hope that happens for you. I love when that happens. I love when we have altar ministry and I experience uh, the quick change, when I experience the quick freedom, the quick result. But I want to encourage you today that there is a level of freedom that we bathe in, that we brine in, right? That we are baptized in, so to speak. Where we get immersed in the anointing of God. And over time, over time, whatever is, maybe we were born with something. Over time, it just starts to go. It just starts to fade away a little. I'll give you an example. It's farther down in my notes, but I don't care. It's 7.45. I'm doing good. I don't even know if I'll get through all my notes. And it's just been a heck of a day. But I'll give you an example. I'm not going to go into specifics because I'm a very private person. But uh, there was a school here. And I went to this school. It was a Christian school, private school, good school, through third grade. And in third grade, it closed down. When I was finished with third grade, it closed down, right? So my parents were faced with the decision, me going into fourth grade, Caleb going into, I don't know, sixth or seventh or eighth, eighth grade probably, eighth grade. They were faced with the decision, do we find another public or private school or do we ship them off to public school? Do we get them in with the world? And I believe my parents heard from the Lord and they shipped us off to public school. (laughs) I'm here to tell you, parents, y'all better be teaching your kids something because you learn a lot in public school in fourth grade and not from the teachers. You learn from them kids, man. It starts young. You can laugh about it, but dear Lord Jesus, the stuff I heard in fourth grade, the stuff I was exposed to in fourth grade, the muck, right? The stink. So much so that through the years, that muck and that stink was just still, I couldn't get totally away from it. I couldn't get totally past it. I couldn't get totally free. I couldn't break past what I needed to. I could, I was prayed for. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I spoke in tongues as a kid. I spoke in tongues in high school. I believed in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I even prophesied as a kid. But there was just something that I couldn't quite get past. And I was thinking about it the other day. Pastor Doug tells a story about when he was in Bible school, he had terrible, terrible ailments as a kid with breathing. And he talked about how he'd be in prayer and healing school, and over time he just started to notice he didn't have to take his inhalers as much. He didn't have to whatever as much. And so through the years with me trying to get past whatever was coming against me, trying to get past whatever addictions I was dealing with, I started all the way up into prayer school and Bible school. I started to attend. I started to try and be faithful, try and make it at least once a week. I got surrounded by the Word of God. I got surrounded by other people who were experienced in the anointing of God. I got in where God wanted me to be. I got in where God appointed me to be in that moment. It wasn't before long. I didn't even struggle with it anymore. It's like all the muck in the mire was totally gone, incredibly gone. So much so where I I was, I'm not going to name any names just because it's private, but the day before my wedding, I was with a very good friend of mine. We're close. We're very open with each other. 
we got to talking about some things, and he was marveled at that story. He was marveled at the outcome, where in his life it was something so a hold of him, something, a yoke so tight around his neck that it just seemed impossible to be free. I'm here to tell you tonight, when we are in our appointed place, the anointing of God will work in our lives, and it will destroy whatever is holding us back. It will destroy whatever we got in our lives that we don't want. It'll destroy that one thing we've gotten prayer for in the prayer line six times in a row. It will take it out. And I'm here to tell you, we have access to it, but we have great access to it when we are in our divine spot for this moment. Stephen did not grow up saying, boy, when I grow up, I want to wait tables. I don't think at least. But recognize there was a need. He filled the need. He was full of the Holy Ghost and power. And he did great and mighty miracles. I, uh, I, it, Pastor Doug and I and a few others, Tiffany, were, were here at the church on Tuesday. Yesterday, we had a few other of us too, Pastor Paul and Rihanna and Val. And we were working on uh, <laughs> Maxim. He's just, he's just preaching away, man. I'm trying not to, trying not to. It's all good. Keep going, Maxim, keep going. But we were here at the church and we were doing, uh, uh, making some food, right? Making some food for our widows, and I didn't want to be chopping onions necessarily. I didn't want to be dealing with raw stew meat and blood, getting it everywhere and cooking and everything like that. But I tell you what happened. We went around and we took some meals out to the various elderly people in our church. And by golly, at the end of that, there was just such a feeling of joy. There was such a feeling like a, a, a oh, it is worth it. I'm here to tell you when we are in our appointed place, that is where we will experience God's anointing. The anointing comes in the appointing. Now, we're doing pretty good. I probably won't even get all the way through this. I wrote down, I said, avenues of anointing will open up when we serve. The result of everyone being where they were supposed to be in Acts chapter 6, is that great miracles and wonders happened and the word of God increased. My encouragement to you was, if you want to see our local church increase, if you want to see the kingdom as a whole increase, serve. Serve. And I know, like I said, I know almost pretty much everyone here does. But I guess what also I want to, I was thinking about this, I was praying to the Lord. I'm like, God, most of these people are, <laughs> most of these people are serving. What am I going to sit here and bark at them and tell them to serve? I was praying about it, and what came to mind was, remember what we have available in the serving. I, I used to work at Incobrasa, which is a Brazilian uh, um, soybean plant, and they crush soybean. They do all the work. They take the raw material turn it into all kinds of things, biodiesel, vegetable oil. You'd be surprised at the similarities between biodiesel and vegetable oil. Just saying. But, uh, but I, I worked there, and I remember I was having just a tough time. I was struggling. <laughs> I was turning around. I was struggling. 
And I remember we were all gathered around. He's fine. He's fine, Morgan. He's all good. He can come up and preach with me. But we were all, we were, it was a rough time. We were busy. We were working like a dog and we were going at it. And I remember we were, uh, we were in this meeting and this man named Kerry, he addressed everyone in the whole room. He said, guys, think of the service we offer for our local area. Be proud of what you do. And that changed something for me. So much so that I started to take pride in what I was doing. It was a reminder of, oh yeah, this is important. So that is what I was thinking about when I was talking about to God about all of our people who are in service. Remember what you do. Remember what you have available. The anointing of God. <laughs> Let's keep going here. Victory comes by our position in his anointing. 2 Corinthians 2.14 now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. That's a mouthful, but we'll get to that part. First part, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. We could say it this way, which always causes us to triumph in his anointing. Our victory is found in his anointing. And when we are in the position he has for our lives, he causes us to triumph in this life. Why is that? Because he has already overcome the world. Understand that we have two kingdoms at work here. Everything that's happening today, we have the kingdom of heaven, right? The kingdom of God. We can, we can draw some differentiations between those two, right? The kingdom of God is, is here on earth and the kingdom of heaven is in heaven. But nonetheless, same ruler, right? And then we have the other kingdom, the kingdom of this world. There's no in-between. There's no neutral. And recognize that we have the amazing miracle ability to choose what kingdom we want to operate out of. We can either be in the world or we can either be kingdom of heaven. Now, what's going on in this world, like what Pastor Paul was saying, if something's stolen, if something's killed or destroyed, it's from the devil. There is darkness that is trying to take over in this nation, in this world. And our job is to resist and be in the kingdom of heaven. So recognize what we do, one step we can take to be in the kingdom of heaven is to serve in it to serve in it. Maybe that looks like something so simple as uh, giving someone a ride to church. Maybe that looks like something so simple as every Sunday picking out one person who maybe you don't talk to a whole lot and telling them something encouraging. It's that easy. It's not just for the people preaching. It's not just for the people prophesying. It's not just for Five-fold ministry, it is for everyone who wants it. The anointing of God will make up, quote-unquote, for our introverted nature. Now, we Midwestern folk, I'm a Midwestern boy. I like my time at home. I like my time with my wife and my baby, no one else. I, uh, I come off as a very extroverted person, but by golly, I am a bore. I am not an extroverted person. I have tendencies to kind of, you know, lean back and just observe. 
But recognize that the anointing of God makes up for that. He changes me. He changes my personality. I never, ever wanted to do this. I never, ever, I heard Mac Hammond, big-time teacher, preacher, he talked about, uh, about uh, the times of ministering and speaking to people. He said he loved it. It was his favorite thing to do in the whole world. And I looked at that, and this was like three years ago, two years ago, and I thought, ah, that ain't for me, because <laughs> I was so against it. But you know what happened is me being in the appointed time, the appointed place that God had for just for Josh, right? It changed me. The anointing of God made up for my introverted nature. And it taught me some things. Same verse in 2 Corinthians. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Now what does that mean? That means that life serving Jesus is contagious. God uses our life as an aroma to, to believers and to non-believers alike. Have you ever had someone look at you, someone you hardly even know, and say, what's so different about you? Or what, what, why are you so happy? Or why are you so whatever? Don't you know what's happening in our world? It's because there is, there is quite literally something that we give off to believers and non-believers alike. This is what the scripture is saying. And what I'm here to tell you today, that when we are in our anointed, appointed place, that it opens the door for us to take Jesus out and to bring people in and to bring people into the kingdom. It'll cause us who are normally introverted to be extroverted. It'll draw people unto us because the scripture says, what? Jesus will draw all men unto him, Right? So if we want to see our local church grow, if we want to see our, our lives have prosperity, serve. If we want to grow in spirit, if we want to grow in uh, finances, if we want to grow in health, if we want to grow in family, serve. And those of you who already do serve, remember what we have available because it's a good thing. It's an important thing. It's a powerful thing. Sometimes I find myself, I forget that I have the anointing of God within me to overcome this world because it already has and I have it available. And I'm here to encourage and exhort you. The scripture says that what I am to do is to equip the saints. So I am equipping you with a mighty, mighty weapon. And that weapon is serve. Amen? God's grace and anointing will empower us to accomplish his will even when it looks life even when it looks like our life is too crowded and weighed down. God's grace and anointing will empower us to accomplish his will. So what do I think of when I Morgan I'm going to use you as an example. She's got her babies, she's got kids running around. We don't care. It's part of church. It's all good. What Morgan may be experiencing, it might feel like life's a little crowded, but his anointing makes room for that. His anointing will still work in her life. Doesn't matter the, uh, what's going on, how crowded it is. I remember, I'll, I'll give you an aviation example, right? Uh, I come from a family of aviators I wouldn't be uh, uh, in a family of aviators if I didn't talk about it. I love it. It's kind of my bread and butter. I know I say it every time I preach, but you're just going to have to get used to it because I ain't changing. Now, I remember 
when I was flying with my cousin Michael. My cousin Michael is a, is a certified flight instructor. He's a CFI. He works for um, uh, SIU in Carbondale. He's a flight instructor for there. And I can recall uh, many a times flying with my cousin Michael. Boy, we get up. We always flew around Christmas time. It was always when I was up there, and we'd have that nice cold air. Cold air is more dense, right? There's more molecules in it. Let's get sciency. There's more molecules in it that are closer together, so it gives more of a bite for the propeller to grab into. Therefore, you get some good performance out of the airplane, right? Boy, we'd take off quick. We'd get to altitude quick. We'd be able to do all kinds of things that I won't repeat in front of my mother quick. And it was good. And I had an experienced pilot teaching me and training me. But then I remember the other times where uh, we had some other people in the airplane, where we had some baggage in the airplane, or we had two other people. It was a four-seater. And I couldn't, I wasn't experienced enough of a pilot to tell. But we'd be taken off, and my cousin would say, ooh, a lot of more weight in this plane. Or, oof, not taking off as quick as I'd like to. Or, oof, we're not reaching that peak performance. See, so he recognized he was skilled enough to recognize that there was weight that was impacting the performance of the airplane. Recognize in our lives, with the Holy Spirit, we are able to recognize that there is weight that can easily beset us, is what the scripture says. That is why Jesus said in Matthew, come unto me. Come unto me, all ye that are that weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, sometimes we, uh, sometimes we experience weight. Sometimes we experience the, the crowdedness of the world, and it tries to get in there, and I'm here to tell you and encourage you today that God's anointing will make room for us and it will break off weight. Amen? Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest in your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There are three things we can expect when we come to Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Rest, righteousness, and wisdom. Rest is obvious. He says, come unto me, I'll give you rest. But we can look at that word yoke in the Strong's, right? Again, I'm a big, uh, big believer in the Strong's Concordance, looking at it and getting the deeper meaning to it. And that word yoke can be defined as, or as a, a metaphor for laws. Jesus was saying the, the old law was impossible to keep. It was impossible to, to maintain everything and, and not fall short. Jesus was saying, come unto me. I have a new covenant, a covenant of grace, of mercy, of righteousness, right? So when we come to Jesus, we can expect rest. We can expect righteousness, and we can expect wisdom. Amen? I'm going to wrap it up here, get all the mamas out of here with their tired babies. But the Holy Spirit makes room for our lives. 
He makes room for what we have going on. He makes room for uh, whatever we've got in our situations, and he, he will amend and work on our situations. You know, I, I look at my life as an example. When it comes to sermon prep, I've got a crazy busy Wednesday. I'm watching babies and everything like that. But it's amazing how I have a, a, an appointed place here that God has placed me in. It is amazing how he will just fill the page how he will just, it's like he just, I just stumble on it for my notes. I can't take any credit for it. It's literally like tripping over a stick and saying, hey, <laughs> that's what I needed. He will do the same for you in your endeavors where you are serving in the kingdom of God. So again, to wrap it up, my encouragement for you guys, if you serve, recognize that whatever you're dealing with, Remember the life of Stephen. Remember that he was full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of power. And he was a simple man who waited on tables. So don't ever let, wherever you're at, right? Don't ever let, if you're just doing one little thing here, washing dishes every night after, after church or whatever, don't let the area, of you, your, the area you serve go to waste because I'm here to encourage you that Jesus has more available there's more to meets the eye. And recognize, too, that there is nothing that Jesus can't break that may be going on in our lives. Amen? You guys believe that tonight? Well, I'll go ahead and pray, and we'll, we'll dismiss here. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this group of people here tonight. Father, I thank you that uh, we won't be uh, burdened, Father. We will take on your, your yoke because it's easy and light. And Father, I thank you that we will continue to pray for our nation. Father, we'll continue to stand for your uh, uh, attributes, attributes, Father, for your kingdom, for your laws. Father, we will always be people of Christ Jesus. Now, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the anointing. Father, I pray that my tone didn't come off as harsh tonight, but rather tender. Father, that you... Uh, Speak to the hearts of every person here and do a work in each person, Father, wherever they need. Lord, I, I know this is a faithful, faithful crew. So, Lord, whoever listens to this in the uh, recording, Father, who's maybe not serving, Father, I pray you speak to their hearts and reveal to an area that they can get plugged in and give them the boldness to approach one of us. And Father, we just want people to experience the fullness of your gospel the fullness of your anointing and freedom. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you for each and every person here. Father, we call them blessed. In your name we pray tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming out tonight and enjoying and being part of the service. Just be praying for our nation. Amen. All right, guys, go with God. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you that Ministry at Living Word Church is possible. You can get more information on our website at go2lwc.org. You can also give online as well. If you enjoyed today's podcast, you can subscribe. You can share it with your friends. You can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's Word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. Be blessed this week and be a doer of His Word.